man, the time is um ten past ten South African time january twenty sixth twenty twenty and I just found out that um Kobe Bryant just passed away um in a helicopter crash. Man, I, I, I don't know what to say, man. You know? <laughs> Can't even fucking cope, man. I feel lightheaded, you know? Fuck, man. You know, and now the fucked up thing is like... <sighs> fuck, man. The, 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 the podcast is already recorded, you know? Like, I'm recording this, like, super late. The podcast is already... Recorded and packaged for for Monday because we are dropping it on Monday, and I'm pretty sure you're listening to this on Monday. So the podcast is already recorded and everything's already done. You know, uh, fuck man, like so. So you know what? I'm gonna re-edit this this whole thing and you know switch it up and just you know uh, find a way to celebrate Kobe's life. You know, and, um, fuck. And this fucking hurts. I don't know what to say, man, you know? Man, I I feel lightheaded. Um, I feel weak. Man, Kobe died, man. Man, yo, yo, Kobe is one of those people that just mean the world to the boy, you know? You know what, man? Listen, enjoy the episode. You know, try to. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. So um, and I'm gonna clean myself up and um. You know, and try to celebrate the life that he lived in, and celebrate all that he gave us. And um, fuck my. Sorry, man. I'm, I'm I'm sorry for for crying, but fuck. Hey, I I don't know what to say, man. Exclusive interview with number 24, Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, calling it quits at the end of the season, ending an incredible 20-year career with the L.A. Lakers. I went one-on-one with Kobe about his big decision. It is the end of an era. Records shattered, respect earned. And now, after 20 years and five NBA championships, Kobe Bryant will say goodbye to his first love, basketball. Everybody wants to know, why now? It's the right time. There's no point in really belaboring it or dragging it out or saying, well, leave the door open in case, uh, I don't know, something may change. I don't think this is something, this is a decision that you can allow to, to have outside influence dictate whether or not you continue to play. It must be a decision that comes from the thing. So once I knew this was it, might as well say it. So how did you know this was it? I try to have at least 15 minutes of still time and just kind of sit in my thoughts in the morning and just kind of meditating. Normally what happens with me is my mind would always drift to the game 
always. And then I found myself sitting there, my mind wouldn't drift towards the game all the time anymore. And that's when I started realizing, you know what? It's getting close. It's getting close. Not just 20 years, but 20 years with the same team, the LA Lakers. How important is that to you? Uh, extremely. It means everything to me. I was such a huge Laker fan growing up. I mean, like a diehard Laker fan. I had magic posters, you know, magic t-shirts. It was my dream to be a Los Angeles Laker. And so, you know, to be here for 20 years and to get to know some of my mentors, uh, it's been a dream come true. And the fans, the, the letter that you wrote, you wanted to speak to your fans first. Why? Well, because I think it was important for them to know how much they've meant to me. The letter itself still doesn't do it justice and how important they've been. Uh, how vital they've been in my career and uh, I mean we we grew up together and uh, that's such a beautiful thing. Was it a slow process to get here or was it just one of those light switch went off and you said now? It was a slow process yeah. and, and it was something that kind of evolved over the last three years you know with the, the Achilles injury that really frightened me because I you know it was like you know, my career could be over now. It scared me. I said, what am I going to do next? And then I trained hard, came back the next season, fractured my knee. I trained even harder, came back again, tore my shoulder. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my, this is one thing after the next. And so it was kind of a, a slow three-year process of kind of evolving to get to where I am. The 17-time All-Star calls himself his biggest critic, and he admits this season is far from his best. Do you feel that you're being treated fairly this season being your last and all that you have done for the sport? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. You can't just sit around expecting everybody just to give praise all the time. You got to be able to take the good with the bad. One of the most important things that I could share with uh, the younger generation is to accept it all. Don't have any expectations or lean on or rely on positive reporting on your career or negative. Have you accomplished everything that you've wanted to on the court? No, no. I, I wanted eight championships. As a dreamy kid growing up in Italy, I wanted eight. Why eight? Because Magic had five and then uh, Michael had six and I said, okay, we're gonna win eight. And had the opportunity to have seven and didn't work out. You have talked about wanting to have your place in the history of this game. Top five players of all time. Who would those five players be and would you crack the starting five? No, I would never put myself in the starting five ever. I'll put the people that I've actually learned the most from, being Jordan, Magic, Bird, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Jerry West. But when you see that hashtag GOAT by your name. I think it's fantastic, you know, I think it's great to be mentioned in the same breath as those players, honestly, to me, that's everything. I mean, we'll sit and debate endlessly who would win in a one-on-one -on -one matchup between myself and MJ, and we debate that until the cows come home. So who would win? Uh, he would win some, I would win some. But those are debates that'll go on forever. Although he said his goodbyes, I had to ask. Are you really ready to let her go? I am, I am, I am. But the thing, I'm, I'm carrying this with me, no matter what, you know what I mean? But. Internally, my love, my passion, everything that I've learned from it is always going to be with me. I feel like I got life. I had a heavy heart. Now I feel like So I feel like I got life. I was in the dark. Now I got life, hence I feel like I got life.
Might as well, nigga. Shit is hot as hell, nigga. Please don't get triggered, nigga. Wigger, don't matter who you are, nigga. You ain't gotta look far, nigga. Maui's a fucking star, nigga. The following program contains violence, disturbing imagery, nudity, and oh my god, why are you even watching this? Just run away. This shit is going to give you nightmares. For real. Nightmares where you are running naked on a treadmill made of razor blades, and your third grade teacher is pointing and laughing at you. And even if you survive the treadmill with your feet intact, she is going to tell you that you flunked the third grade, which negates all the rest of your achievements. The program is rated TVMANSFWOMFGGAFTTVBYGAS. It is unsafe for epileptics. It kills lab rats. Why are you still here? This show came out of the dark recesses of a coked-up guy's mind who has just been given too much privilege and access and now just takes a depraved delight in disturbing and scaring you. In fact, if we're being totally honest here, the original creator never expected a third-season pickup, so now he's just trying to think of creative ways to kill the characters off. Seriously, d don't watch this. We can't warn you strongly enough. Do you need a doctor of some kind? What is the matter with you? Viewer discretion. Is advised. You wanna censor something, motherfucker? Censor this. My best world, mother's world, mother's world, mother's world, mother's world. A cornucopia. Of Welcome to episode number one hundred and sixty two of the Might as Well Audio Experience. Brav. I would like to take this moment to salute Africa's richest woman, Isabel dos Santos, from Angola, for making looting great again. Fam, Isabel dos Santos has a net worth of $2 billion, right? Her father was Angola's president for 38 years, Right? And bruv, yo, yo, what Isabel dos Santos and her father did to Angola is sad, wild, and fucking disgusting. Okay? Bruv, they milked Angola. Legit. She's worth $2 billion because she milked her fucking country. Okay? She exploited her country's wealth. Bruv, life is insane. Legit, bruv. Life is fucking crazy. Fam, yo, look. Africans are always searching for a glimmer of hope. You know? Something black to believe in. Right? 
Hence they're so quick to fucking praise all that glitters. Oblivious that that same shit they're praising is the reason they are in the dark. Right? It's the main reason behind their fucking darkness. It's the main reason behind their fucking misfortune. That's life. Bruv, Isabel dos Santos scooped up Guapi from Angola. And she fucking stashed it. All around the world. In shell companies. In tax havens. Right? And she was helped by major US companies. The fucking Boston Consulting Group is in there. PwC is in there. And of course, McKenzie was in there. They helped her to fucking loot her country, bruv. Bruv, yo, at this rate, Africa will never change. Legit, bruv. Africa will never change. And bruv, yo, it fucking pains me to say that. But look, bruv, like, this is no longer corruption. You feel me? This is now our culture. Looting is now African culture. Legit, fam, it's who we are. We are looters. Right? We don't give a fuck about our own people. Fam, Africans are keeping Africans poor. You hear me, bro? Africans are keeping Africans poor. I know it's fucking trendy to say, Oh, white people are still oppressing us. Oh, white monopoly capital this, white monopoly capital that, bruv. Let's take a few steps back. Right? Let's take a fucking few steps back and look at Africa from a fucking bird's eye view. And what you'll find is black monopoly capital is as fucking bad, is as fucking ruthless as white monopoly capital. Okay? Our people don't give a fuck about us. Right? They don't give a fuck about us, bruv. Africans are keeping Africans poor. Legit, bruv. And these motherfuckers are chasing European shit. Right? They want to drive exotic cars. They want to fucking rock Gucci and Louis Vuitton. Right? They want to look like our fucking oppressors. They want to look like our fucking colonizers. Dish what it is. Dish what it is. Fam, look. Like, the looting of our continent is now deeply rooted in the social relations and political structures of African capitalism. Bruv, this is who we are now. We are looters. We are a continent of looters. Africans are keeping Africans poor. 
Fam, if you are 10 toes on African soil right now, please get a fucking mirror. Look at yourself in that mirror. Check out your reflection. That's you, bruv. That's me, bruv. That's us, bruv. We are looters. Right? Even if you've never looted in your life, fam, you are a looter. (laughs) Okay? You are a fucking looter because if one person loots, we all lose. Legit, bruv. We all lose because we all black. We are all African. Okay? When one African loots, we all lose. Right? We all lose. And nine times out of ten, the people that loot this here continent are people that we put in power. (laughs) Right? We gave them the power that they now fucking abuse. We elected them. We chose them. We handpicked them. Right? So in many ways, they are a reflection of all of us. Hence I'm saying, we are all looters. Right? We are all looters. And also, we are all losers. It's fucking sad, bruv. Fam, people like Isabel Dos Santos are sending out a message to the world that if you want to be successful in Africa, you have to steal from Africa. And fam, look, she's not the first person to do that. Right? Nor will she be the fucking last. Right? She's the fucking... Yo, fam, yo. She's probably number one million. And after her, there'll be a million more. Because that's how Africa is. Looting is in our culture, bruv. All facts. It's in our culture. This is who we are. We are looters. Bruv, think about how many African multimillionaires and billionaires made those millions and billions. It's through their political connects. They aligned themselves with politicians. And then they gained access to state resources. And once they gained access to those resources, they pocketed those resources. Right? They pocketed that guapi. And then they bought Louis Vuittons and Gucci's and mansions and jets and Ferraris. Right? Some dudes got themselves some fucking side chicks. Right? And they were out there funding those side chicks' lives and shit, paying for their apartments, their weaves, their expensive phones and cars and fucking trips to Dubai, all that shit. All that shit is funded by the fucking government. Directly and indirectly. Legit, bruv. These are all facts. These are all facts. Facts, fam, Donald Trump is out there attempting and failing to drain the swamp. Meanwhile, Isabel dos Santos and her husband are out there thriving. Okay? They are out there fucking thriving and succeeding. 
with their mission to drain Angola's wealth. It's crazy, bro. Fam, I'm sick and tired of this shit. Honestly, it's a new week. I'm trying to keep it positive. I'm trying to keep it light. So, bruv, let's get to the fucking bottom of this. Okay? Let's get straight to the point. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's get straight to the fucking point. Fam, it's plain to see. That Isabel dos Santos and her whole family took a cut of Angola's wealth. Plain and simple. And, bruv, she got most of that guapi through decrees that were signed by her father, who was the president of Angola for 38 fucking years. Okay? That's how she made her guapi. And, bruv, look, if you don't know what a fucking decree is, how about go back to school? But you know what? It's fine. Okay? I'm a kind guy. I got you. Bruv, a decree is an official order that has the force of law. A fucking decree is not up for debate. Okay? When a president signs a decree, hey, bro, no debating. No debating. You do what's ordered. Plain and simple. Okay? Plain and fucking simple. Bruv, Isabel dos Santos acquired stakes in the country's diamond exports. Bruh. She also acquired stakes in its dominant mobile phone company. Fam. Like, yo, even the fucking airwaves, bruv, yo. Even fucking 4G and 5G? Like, what? This is crazy. Wild. She also acquired stakes in two of Angola's banks. Huh? Fam, yo, she's not done. Okay? She's not fucking done because she also scooped up shares. In its biggest cement maker. And also, she partnered with the state oil giant to buy into Portugal's largest petroleum company. And word is, that stake, right, in that fucking Portuguese uh, petroleum company is now worth $800 million. And by the way, Angola was a fucking Portuguese colony. Hey, bro. This what it is. Okay? Fam, yo, Isabel dos Santos basically owns Angola. Fam, what is they also own law firms and fucking accounting agencies? Like, it's fucking crazy. They own every industry. I mean, bruv, she's also in the cement business. Fam, do you understand how insane you have to be to be in all of those industries? Bruv, she's moving cement, oil, diamonds, and iPhones. Hey, Isabel dos Santos, how about slow down? How about you are doing a bit too much? Fam, how about you have taken this looting shit to the next level? Now relax. Okay? You've done enough. Somebody stop the bleeding. Somebody stop the fucking bleeding. Angola is bleeding out because of you. This is crazy, bruv. 
And fam, while she's out there balling, buying mansions in Dubai, buying fucking yachts, throwing parties that cost $130 million, right? And by the way, by, by the fucking way, right? That party that she threw was for a jewelry company that she ran with her husband. And they ran that shit to the fucking ground, right? And Dangola bankrolled that party. But here's the kicker. Angola didn't even know that they paid for that party. So, bruv, while she's out there big baller branding, right, in the UAE, Angola's people are poor as fuck. Like, fam, poverty in Angola is at an all-time high, right? And fucking kids are dying at a thousand miles per hour because... Angola has a super high infant death rate. While she's out there buying fucking yachts, right? And buying houses for 30 plus million dollars. People are suffering back home. And she's buying these things with the people's money. With the money that should be going back to the people. With the money that should be building hospitals, schools, right? And fucking parks for kids. She doesn't give a fuck about that shit, bruv. These people don't give a fuck about that shit. And do you know what's sad, bruv? The sad thing is the poor in Africa still worship people like Isabel dos Santos. Like, bruv, they worship motherfuckers like that, right? Because they view them as a glimmer of hope. Like, oh, if she made it, I can make it. Well, you are not going to make it because she did it through a fucking political connect. Now, my question is, do you have a political connect? Is your father the president of your country? No? Well, well, I'm sorry to say this, but you're going to be poor for a while. And that shit is sad. That shit is sad, which is why I get so fucking annoyed when people say, Black child, your dreams are valid. Are they? Are they? Are they, bro? Huh? Are they valid? Fam, have you seen Africa? Have you seen this fucking continent we are in? Have you seen what's happening out there, bruv? Fam, not every dream is valid. Okay? Not every dream is valid. You gotta become a fucking tenderpreneur in Africa. If you wanna win, you gotta scoop up tenders. Right? You gotta be affiliated with a political party if you wanna win in Africa. That's just how the fucking cookie crumbles. So, bruv, not every African child's dream is valid. Nah. Because Africa is a mess. And granted, every fucking nation on this here earth is a disaster. Right? Every fucking continent is a disaster. But fam, what's happening in Africa is fucking sad. It's fucking sad. Because most countries in Africa are ran by black people. Okay? If not all of them. Like fam, most countries in Africa are ran by black people. Fam, 
We are being robbed by people that look like us. You hear me, bro? Like, fam, look, when I look at what African Americans are fighting for in America, I'm like, you know what? I get it. Because they've had, what, 45 presidents? And 44 of those presidents are white. Right? 44 of those presidents are white. So every single time black people look at their fucking leadership in America, all they see is just fucking white men. Right? And so I understand their fucking anger. I understand their fight. But in Africa, when we look at our fucking leaders... They are all black men and women. We are being robbed by our own people. Africans are keeping Africans poor. Right? And the poor still worship these people who are robbing them. Because they're searching for hope. They're searching for inspiration. So they follow blindly. Without even realizing that, hey, bruv, the person you are following, the person you are worshipping is the reason why you are where you are at. He or she has played a huge role in keeping you where you are at. It's sad, bruv. It's sad. When the fucking apartheid government ran South Africa... You know, and black people were pissed. I understood that. Because we were being oppressed by people from another race. But now, bruv, it pains me to say, we are being oppressed by people that look just like us. This is the woman at the center of an investigation dubbed the Luanda Leaks. Isabel dos Santos, the daughter of Angola's former president, a billionaire and Africa's richest woman. Success, she argues, is self-made. But a group of journalists say documents prove she ripped off her country to enrich herself. Our investigation, which you know, took eight months and um, more than 100 journalists to complete, uh, found that uh, Dos Santos, um, aided by uh, her uh, sort of a cadre of Western advisors, uh, funneled hundreds of millions of dollars into offshore um, shell companies and from there into all kinds of assets, including luxury homes and uh, big businesses. Her father, José Eduardo Dos Santos, ruled the country for almost 40 years until 2017. The group says he gave her big chunks of some of Angola's most valuable resources, and she built a business empire that stretched from telecommunications to banking and construction. She used to head Angola's national oil company, Sonango, before being forced out by her father's successor, João Lourenço. His government has suspended some of her projects and seized an estimated $1 billion worth of assets in a corruption drive. Earlier this month, she told Al Jazeera it was a political vendetta. Definitely, this is a politically motivated attack. Um, there's no doubt about that. My father was uh, the former ruler of Angola. He was president for a very long time. And he chose 
not to stand for these elections. He chose not to stand in 2017, believing that it was important to have a transition. It was important for someone new to come. And unfortunately, the new people who came on board have now trying to um, conduct these politically motivated attacks on his family, and especially on his children. Last month, Isabel's half-brother, José Filomeno de Santos, went on trial for corruption. He's pleaded not guilty. Angola is rich in oil and diamonds, but it remains one of the world's poorest countries with a staggering wealth gap. The ICIJ accuses Angolan government officials as well as Western financial firms, lawyers and accountants of helping Isabel de Santos stash away public funds. The Portuguese authorities are, are possibly investigating and um, other governments around the globe are likely to take a closer look at uh, some of the money that's flowed through their financial systems. Despite her legal troubles, Isabel de Santos remains defiant. She's even considering running for president in Angola's next election in 2022. Alexia O'Brien, Al Jazeera. This is a fun game for me. Everybody's talking about Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Oh, well, this is the matchup that everybody's been waiting to see. I learned a lot this game. A lot about how technically sound Michael was. Because it's one thing in watching him play, and then it's another thing in playing against him. He's now in a postgraduate course. Yeah, boy. Accelerated learning. His technique was flawless. I wanted to make sure my technique was just as flawless. Been down a half court, and he wanted to know how, when I turn around on my jump shot, how to feel the defense. I told him you should feel the defense with your legs. Once you feel the defense with your leg, you can take advantage of that. That was very inspiring for me. I remember talking to Michael about his motivation every night. And he used to say that maybe there was somebody in the stands that never had a chance to see me play for the first time. And I want to make sure that they go home and they see the best of me. I remember being a kid and going to games, expecting to see the players play. It never occurred to me at the time that they might be tired, might be sore, they might be sick. It never occurred to me. I just wanted to see them do what they do. I think about that. It doesn't matter if I'm sick. It doesn't matter if I have a sprained ankle. The kid that's sitting in there might be the next me sitting up there, watching and trying to get inspiration from that. I need to go out there and play. Oh, that's great defense there by Kobe. Oh, we're talking about at 36 years old, 19th season in the league, going against the best player on the planet. The basketball never felt like work to me. And once I came to the NBA and I looked around, I saw other guys that weren't working as much as I was, then I started to understand that, you know, how I went about it is hard work. Mm -hmm. To me, it was just, I just love what I do, so I want to do it as much as possible. Passion. People have to be lucky to find passion in life. Yeah, you do, you do. And if you're really lucky, you find that at an early age. I am a 17-year-old kid, but at the same time, you have to understand when to separate business from pleasure. Uh, I don't think you can mix the two, because if you mix the two, and that's when you start to fall. You know, now it's time to go in there, and it's time to do some work. Wow, did you see the move by the kid? That's Kobe. Did you see the finish by the kid? 
on the West Coast, LA Showtime, doing our thing. Back down, fade away. Crossover, the playground moves, shades going behind your leg like that. Here comes Bryant. Oh, mesmerizing! 360 turn in the air and spin it in. Magnificent. Did you? set goals when you started in the NBA? Did you have goals at that point? Certain yeah, things was, that you wanted to do? Yeah, it was really simple for me at the time, which is win as many championships as possible. That, that, was, that was it. Growing up, I understood that to be the standard. Much magic went five. The Lakers are the world champions. I watched Michael win six. People talk about your relationship with Michael Jordan. Let me straighten this out first. The time at the forum or wherever that was, Phil had Michael come to the game and said at the table, you remember that? I read somewhere where it said that you didn't challenge him or he didn't challenge you. It didn't happen. It did happen, because I was sitting right there at the table, right at the table. So Phil asked Michael if he wasn't doing anything, just come by practice, maybe they want to play. Maybe we can find out what you got. And then you said back, no, maybe I'll find out what you got. Right. And then he said back, well, you can't guard me. And then you said, you can't guard me. Right. You, how old were you? 21. <laughs> 21 years old. There was a silent moment. And then when we walked out, when we walked down the hall, Mike goes, I love that dude, man. He's a warrior. Because you did not step back. It's like, well, maybe we'll see. Let's play. Right. When we can play tomorrow, right. <laughs> I got shoes. That's foul all day long. Oh, I know you ain't talking. I know you ain't talking. Hey, you only got three now. I get six. How do I get that foul? You only got three now. I grew up watching him, and I grew up having that same type of edge and competitiveness. I know where you're going. You got to get up quick. If you knew where I was going, why you go for the face? Mike, after you face the ball, where else are you going to go? You left your feet. Yeah, but where else you going to go? In the game, I go for you. I spun all the way around. I go for these ribs right here. Michael and I both know there's certain players that we can intimidate. Certain players are afraid. Four, three, two. That's all right. Hey, you know, I shoot them better when the clock going down. But every now and then, you run into a player that has the same DNA that you do, has the same competitive spirit that you do. And you quickly realize that the bullying and the trash talking is not going to work with this person. I guard you one-on-one. You get one. It's nothing. Oh, now I know you lost your mind. You think you scoring? Yeah. Makes you think that. That I can score on you? Yeah. No, I'm pretty confident I can score. Why? Because you don't talk yourself into getting 50 dropped on Have you run into anybody playing today, young, younger players, that have that same fire, that same passion that you have for the game? Westbrook plays me. He played me like I did with an aggression, much the way I play.
I'm fucking Maui Mau, bro, bro. That's who I be, bro, 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 bro. Soothing relief for sore throats. Strepsils intensive. Alright, man. I hope these fucking lozenges help. You know? Hey, bruv, look. I'm just trying to protect my fucking throat. You know? Because I'm the fucking talent, darling. You know? I'm the talent, bruv. I'm the fucking talent. And this podcast is getting bigger by the day. So I gotta protect my throat. I gotta protect my voice. I gotta protect my mouth. You know? It's important. It's fucking important, bruv. Fam, last week might as well made it onto the top 200 podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Fam, like that shit right there is is humbling. You know, I think the highest we hit was around 90 something, right? And fam, like yo, we we are humbled, man. You know, thank you guys for listening. We have a global audience. You know, we have people in Ireland, in Iceland, in Germany, in Spain, in Portugal, the UK, the US, Canada. Fam, like, yo, we are everywhere. Um, thank you guys for listening. You know, um, I, I truly appreciate you guys. And um, I'm just trying to be better. You know, hence I'm out here, you know, buying fucking throat lozenges because I don't want to go <clears throat> every single time I record. You know, I don't want to do that. Because I want to produce quality work, bruv. You know? I want to give you guys a great product. Because that's what I'm about, you know? I'm about giving everything that I do my all. Legit, bruv. So, yeah, man, you know? Yes, yeah, so I'm out here trying to, get, trying to get healthier, bruv. Last week, I was out here popping pills because my fucking nose was acting up, right? My sinuses were acting up. My nose was fucking blocked, Right? I couldn't breathe properly, and um, and this week I feel great. You know, those pills worked out. But you know how life goes, though, right? You fix one thing, and then another thing breaks. That's just how it goes. And, bruv, I believe that that's what being an adult is all about, right? Once you cross 25, all you do is fix shit. Legit. Being an adult is all about fixing shit. Because things be broken, Hey, bro, listen, things be broken. Facts. Fam, if you are listening to this and you are still a teenager, listen, bro, I know that, you know, at this stage of your life, all you are thinking about is fucking girls and and schools and, and girls and then a little bit of booze here and there, but it's mainly girls and school, right? You're trying to figure shit out. But fam, listen, fam, listen. Listen, right? Things be broken. Okay? And I know that you don't notice that things be broken when you are 18, 19. Right? You can't see that things be broken, fam. The system is broken. Okay? The government is broken. Finances are fucking broken. People's paperwork Is broken and people themselves are broken. And broski, you are only going to truly see that, right? That people are broken once you cross 25. Fam, I'm 28 years old. And bruv, yo, 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 shit be weird a little bit. Shit be weird. It's as if I cross 25 and shit just hit the fan. Now everything is broken. Everywhere I look, right? Everything needs fixing, right? Hence, I do the right thing. 
as a fucking adult, I fix shit. I get shit done. This is what I do. This is what it is. Right? So yeah, fam. You fix one thing, another thing breaks. Last week, my nose was giving me problems. I fixed that. <laughs> hey, hey, bro, I'm a fixer. I fixed that. And now, <sighs> my nose feels incredible. Okay? It feels incredible, bro. It feels like a little fucking angel or a fairy just fucking chilling on my face. It feels incredible. Fam, I can smell shit. Bruv, I'm out here drinking coffee. Let me take a sip. Mm. Fam, and the coffee smells incredible. Arabica. That's what I sippity sip on. You feel me? So I can smell shit this week. So I fixed my nose. But then, like fucking clockwork, my throat broke. Right? Literally after fixing my fucking nose, my throat just falls apart. Legit. Fam, yo, yo, my throat felt a bit weird. It felt scratchy. Right? It felt like I had a fucking uh, ant colony living in my throat. Right? Motherfuckers are out there shooting dice. (laughs) Right? Cat calling. It's crazy. Some of them were out there fucking men spreading in my throat. Hey, bro, it is what it is. Some of them are fucking protesting. Some of them are fucking ballet dancers. It's crazy. It felt like I had an ant colony living in my throat. It was scratchy as fuck. Right? And then I hit up the queen. I was like, yo, let's go to the pharmacy. Right? And then the queen and I embarked on a journey to the magical world of medicine, the pharmacy. So we land there, and then we walk up to the fucking cashier slash pharmacist. And by the way, by the way, that's fucked up, okay? That's fucked up. Why is it that at every fucking pharmacy, the pharmacist is also the fucking cashier? They got two jobs. They got two jobs, and one of them is beneath them. The cashier job is beneath these fucking pharmacists. Legit. Fam, I believe that pharmacists need to focus solely on the medicine. Legit, bruv. Get cashiers to focus on the cash. And let the fucking pharmacists focus on the medicine. Legit. It's crazy, bruv. Fam, pharmacists be out there pissed as fuck. They gotta think about the fucking medicine and the guapi at the same damn time. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I digress. So we walk up to the pharmacist. We are like, yo, you know, we need some throat medicine. And she's like, yo, now nah, I got lozenges. And I was like, yeah, it's all good. The queen was like, yeah, sure. It's cool. Right? And then she's like, uh, do you want flavored ones? And I was like, <laughs> nah. Nah, 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 nah. Give me the full spectrum of what you got. And then she's like, yo, we got, we got the flavored ones right there at the back. And I was like, alright, what else do you have? And then she was like, we got the good shit right here. Locked up behind me. I was like, ooh. 
What's the good shit? And she was like, the name is Strepsils Intensive. Intensive. Strepsils. And I was like, I want that shit. And she was like, yo, are you sure? I was like, hey, ma'am, look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Okay? And I have a fucking ant colony living in my fucking throat. Give me the intensive shit. And she's like, are you sure? Because they taste like doo-doo. And I was like, hey, hey, I don't give a fuck. Okay? I don't give a fuck how they taste. Give me the intensive shit. And she was like, all right. They're going to help you. But they taste horrible. And she was like, are you sure you don't want strawberry flavored ones? Are you sure you don't want orange flavored ones? Lemon flavored ones? Apple flavored ones? And I was like, ma'am, no. Okay? (laughs) Okay? I can't even act tough anymore. I don't want flavored ones. Don't give me flavored lozenges. Give me the good shit. Okay? Give me that shit that you motherfuckers have to lock up. Because you're afraid that people are going to steal it. Give me that shit. You feel me? Fam, hey, give me that shit that could get me addicted. That's the shit I want. That's what I want. Because that's the good shit. Fam, every fucking medicine that can get you addicted is the good medicine. It always works. It always works. Fam, the generic bullshit on the normal basic ass shelves, that shit doesn't work. Okay? Fam, hey, hey, I want the shit that has to be fucking locked up. Legit. All facts, that's the good shit. Pull my shit out of a fucking vault. Yeah. I want medicine that lives in a fucking vault. Because that shit right there is the good shit. There's a reason why it's under lock and key. There's a reason. There's a reason. That's the shit I want. And that's the shit I got. You feel me? That's what I got. That's why my voice sounds incredible this week. Can y'all hear that shit? I'm back. I'm back, bruv. Fam, I got home, right? Opened the fucking pack up, right? Popped one, and I started sucking that shit, and I felt that shit melt in my mouth. Listen, bruv, listen, bruv. Once in a while, once in a fucking while, as a grown-ass man, shit has to fucking dissolve in your mouth. Once in a while. Okay? You gotta have shit dissolving, melting in your mouth. You gotta have shit going from fucking, fucking solid to liquid in your mouth. Once in a while. (laughs) That's where I'm at right now. Fam, let me tell you this. Strepsils Intensive Works. And by the way, this is not a fucking ad. We don't do ads on Might As Well. This is real life. 
This is real life. And talking about ads, fam, we are backed by a whole luxury brand, right? And we don't even advertise their shit. We don't talk about EXO royalty shoes, bags, none of that. You know why? Because we are not about that life. We're too real for that shit. The podcast needs to be the fucking podcast. We are not about to fucking dump ass all over your shit. No. No. We respect the art. We are about the fucking art. But I digress. Strepsil's intensive works, bruv. It fucking works. And it doesn't taste bad at all. It tastes amazing. Legit. It tastes amazing. Fam, if this is how shit tastes, fam, give me shit all day, every day. I now understand the life of a dog. Legit, bro, because dogs eat their shit. So, bro, when she said to me, yo, these fucking lozenges taste like doo-doo. And I was like, listen, listen, give me that shit. They taste like what? Like doo-doo? Give me that shit. Give me the fucking shit. I want it. And I got it. And I'm healed. (laughs) I'm healed. I'm healed. Thank God Almighty. I'm healed at last. Healed at last. Healed at last. (laughs) Legit. Fam, my voice is on some fucking CDQ type shit. Okay? HD type shit. Lossless. Can you hear that shit? Lossless. You can hear every fucking word. Every fucking letter. Lossless. HD high definition. That's what I got. That's what I got. Fam. Yo, when my throat started acting up, I was worried a little bit. (sighs) On the real. I was fucking worried because there's a new virus out there, bruv, you know, and this virus is out there running through China like a hot knife going through butter, okay? The virus is called coronavirus. Now, bruv, I know some of you motherfucking alcoholics out there are like, Hey, Puzova. Mfuna makona. Mfuna puza. Mexicano. Mexicano alcoholic. Right? Hey, I'm not talking about Corona, the fucking alcoholic beverage. Okay? I'm talking about Corona, the virus. Corona virus. It's out there killing people in China at a thousand miles per hour. Where it is. As I'm recording this, 17 people are now dead. What? What? Huh? Wait. Who? 17 people. Fam, this is insane. This virus is fucking wild. 17 people are now dead. 
This is a very large outbreak. This is Dr. Bill Schaffner. I'm an infectious disease specialist and public health person. Coronaviruses are a whole family of viruses. Uh, for the most part, they don't cause any real uh, clinical illness except the occasional cold. But you know, from time to time, there's a rogue coronavirus that develops. We remember SARS 2002-2003. And then there was another, the MERS virus, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome virus. This new virus, like those other rogue viruses, probably was first transmitted to humans from animals. So the symptoms resemble influenza. It's a respiratory virus initially, and so you have fever, not feeling very well, cough, and just feeling poorly. We don't have a direct anti-coronavirus treatment. We can manage the patients through symptomatic care and supportive care, of course. And many patients already, the Chinese have said, have survived this infection. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have this top of the mind. They have deployed over 100 people to New York, to San Francisco and Los Angeles. They will be screening people who are arriving from particularly Wuhan, China, to see whether they are sick. So there are laboratories around the world, including our own National Institutes of Health, that are now already working on developing a rapid diagnostic test. And the other thing they're doing is starting to work on a vaccine. The global community is really watching this with great care, and we in the United States definitely are on the alert and ready to respond. And there's been 473 coronavirus pneumonia cases reported thus far in China. As I'm recording this, as I'm recording this, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, okay? But as I'm recording this, there has been 473 cases reported of this shit in China. This virus is running rampant, bruv. Legit. So, bruv, when my throat was acting up, I was worried. Honestly, I was fucking worried. Because South Africans love China. Okay? They love China. Motherfuckers fly out to China all day, every day, day. Legit. All day, every day, day. It's crazy, bruv. Because I checked out the fucking symptoms, bruv. Oh. Fam. Those symptoms are wild. Those symptoms are fucking insane. Word is... The infected develop upper respiratory symptoms, including a runny nose, cough, sore throat, and sometimes a fever that can last a few days. Fam, let me tell you this. Yo, fam, when I saw runny nose and sore throat, I almost cried. Okay? I freaked out. I was like, holy shit. Holy 
fuck. I got the corona. Hey, bro, Leo, bro. I got the fucking corona in me. Don't touch me. Okay? Don't hug me. No. I got the corona. Corona. <laughs> Let's see, bro. I got worried a little bit. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what? So, so what? Damn. And a runny, runny what? Fuck. Fuck. Because I experienced a fucking symptoms like that. You know? Hence, I was worried, bruv. Hence, I was fucking worried. And word is, if you got a weakened immune system, you are fucked. Okay? Because the virus may trigger more serious illnesses like pneumonia and bronchitis. Bro, buckle the fuck up. Because this decade is starting with a bang. We got wars, diseases. Fam, we got it all. We got it all. We got impeachments. What the fuck? What the fuck is going on? This decade is starting with a fucking bang. So buckle the fuck up. Legit, bruv. Buckle the fuck up. Buckle the fuck up. The coronavirus is out here, bruv. The coronavirus is out here. And where it is, it's a, it's a fucking flu-like type virus. Right? It's in the fucking flu family. Bruv, coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that cause illnesses running the gamut from the common cold to severe diseases, including SARS or severe acute respiratory syndrome and Middle East respiratory syndrome, a.k.a. MERS. <laughs> MERS. You know, Middle East respiratory syndrome. Fam, the Middle East can't catch a break, huh? They really cannot catch a fucking break. Bruv, yo, they have a whole disease named after them. Like, come on, fam. Imagine being from a place that has a whole fucking disease named after it. I mean, come on, bruv. Let's do better. You know? Let's do better. What the fuck is going on? But then again, I'm from Africa, right? Isn't there a disease called the African swine flu or some shit like that? Right? That flu that was fucking running wild in China a few years ago. It was called the African swine flu or some shit like that. So, you know, Africa, Middle East. We are family. It is what it is. Right? It is what it is. The coronavirus is out there just fucking killing everything in sight. And where it is, it's now in America. It's in America. What? America. Huh? America? Yeah. America. Well, what? America? America. Yeah. What? America. It's now in America. I think one person... Has it in Washington? That shit is wild, bruv. 
Fam, I'm pretty sure all the fucking politicians out there are wilding out, right? They freaking out. People like fucking Bernie Sanders are out to go, oh my god. This virus is gonna kill me. This virus doesn't deserve a tax break. <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure Bernie Sanders is out there wilding out. It's crazy, bro. Life is fucking insane, man. All facts. Legit, bro. Life is fucking insane. And, bro, speaking of Bernie Sanders, I would like to take this moment to say Hillary Clinton is a fucking savage. That woman is a fucking animal. That woman is a fucking lunatic. And I love it. She's crazy. And I love it. Bruv. Hillary Clinton is peak gangster. She's the most gangster politician walking the face of the earth. I bet you right now. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Got that fucking Epstein situation handled. All facts. She was like, hey, hey, everybody, relax. Leave it all to me. That's how gangster I believe Hillary Clinton is. She's a fucking animal. She doesn't play touch football. No. She leads with the fucking helmet. Legit. If you get CTE, you get CTE. If he dies, he dies. That's what Hillary Clinton says, bruv. All the fucking time. When she looks at herself in the fucking mirror, she's like, if he dies, he dies. Don't give a fuck. She leads with the fucking helmet. Okay? Motherfuckers are out there. Oh, Aaron Hernandez. Oh, he had CTE. Look at his brain. He killed himself. He was gay. Hillary Clinton is like, if he dies, he dies. Legit. Hillary Clinton doesn't give a flying fuck. Hillary is a fucking gangster. Legit, bruv. And last week, bruv, yo, yo, whatever conspiracy theory people had got confirmed last week. Right? Back in 2016... Motherfuckers were saying, oh, the Democrats got together, right? And they piled on and fucking got Bernie Sanders out of there, right? They conspired to fucking get Bernie Sanders out of there so that Hillary Clinton can be the Democratic nominee. Guess what? Hillary came out and basically confirmed those fucking conspiracy theories. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that happened. So what? What you gonna do? Hey, come at me, bro. What you gonna do? That happened. So what? So what? We don't fuck with Bernie. Bruh, she came out and said, hey, yo, look. Y'all think that I'm the only person who doesn't fuck with Bernie? Hey, hey, hey. The whole party doesn't fuck with Bernie. Nobody likes Bernie. Fam, Hillary is... A fucking animal. All facts. And I love it. I love it. Bruv, last week, Tuesday, the Hollywood Reporter published an interview with Hillary Clinton. Where she was promoting a new documentary about her life, blah, blah, blah. Right? The documentary premiered on Saturday. 
at the Sundance Film Festival. And where it is on the fucking documentary, Hillary Clinton shits all over Bernie Sanders. Where does she go then? Bruv, I cannot wait to watch it. Where's it gonna be? Huh? Netflix, Amazon, Showmax, Crunchyroll, The Dark Web, YouTube. Where the fuck is it gonna be? Because I want to see it. When it comes out, I want to fucking see it. Hillary Clinton shits all over Bernie Sanders' swag. She's like, hey, yo, bruv, if he dies, he dies. I lead with the fucking helmet. Legit, when we step into that fucking ring. Listen, I want to catch a body. To this day. To this day. <laughs> that joke is multi-layered. Keep up. Keep up. Hillary Clinton is a fucking animal. Word is she goes in on Bernie Sanders on this fucking documentary, bruv. Legit. And bruv, I quote. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got... Nothing done. He was a career politician. Look, it's all just baloney. And I feel so sad that people got sucked into it. Mm, 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 mm. And then a fucking reporter asked, Hey, Hillary, does that fucking assessment still stand? And she was like, Yes, it does. Yo, yo, wait, yo, yo, the mic is too hot. What? Nah, hey, yo, bro, yo, hey, yo, I'm sorry. I gotta step back from the mic. I'm sorry, the mic is too hot. It's too fucking hot. What the? Yo. Wow. 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 Yo, what? Yo. Henry Clinton is a fucking animal. What, bro? What? Yo. Yo, fam. Wow. Wow. Ali Pumbaye. Ali Pumbaye. Henry Pumbaye. Clinton Pumbaye. 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 What the fuck? Rumble. Watch Bernie Sanders crumble. What the fuck is going on? Bro, yo, Hillary Clinton got bars. Okay? She got bars and she doesn't give a fuck if you got MERS or SARS. Okay? If you die, you die. Bro, wow. Wow. Hey, yo, Hillary. Does that assessment still stand? Yes, it fucking does. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He's a piece of shit. (laughs) Bro, yo, yo, fam. If you had fucking uh, doubts that 
Hillary Clinton and the Democrats don't fuck with Bernie Sanders, well, well, Hillary just fucking proved that they don't. If you had any fucking doubts, Hillary just fucking said, hey, yo, nah, no doubts. Okay? Okay? Don't be out here doubting. Nah, no doubts. We don't fuck with him. We don't fuck with him. Wow. What a time to be alive, bruv. What a fucking time to be alive. If he dies, he dies. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Bruv, Hillary Clinton is the GOAT. Like, fam, at this rate, she is the GOAT. She has never been president, but she moves like a president. Bruv, yo, I've never seen a person move like this before. Bruv, she moves like she is a president. Wow. You gotta respect that, bruv. You gotta respect that. Hillary Clinton is a fucking animal, bro. A fucking animal. And I respect that shit, bro. I really do. I really fucking do. Yo, power is wild, man. Power? Yo, power is fucking insane. Power makes people just fucking go flat out crazy. Legit. Power and money, bro. Power and fucking money. You know? It makes people just fucking lose it. Legit. Look at fucking Hillary Clinton, bruv. Yo, Hillary's wildin'. Yo, she's fucking wildin'. She's crazy, crazy, bruv. You know? She's crazy, crazy. What a time to be alive, bruv. What a fucking time to be alive. And talking about power. This Jeff Bezos cheating scandal is just a gift that keeps on giving. The jib, bruv. It's fucking wild. It never stops. So fam, if you don't know what happened. Jeff Bezos cheated on his wife, right? With a lady by the name of Lauren Sanchez. And Jeff and his wife... Ended up divorcing, and his wife is now the richest woman in the world, right? Legitimately, Isabel dos Santos, legitimately, okay? Get your money like all the other women. Divorce your husband. (laughs) It's all jokes. It's all fucking jokes, okay? So Jeff divorced his wife, and now his wife is worth like 40 billion or some shit, right? Now fast forward to today. Um, this fucking story came out in a very fucking shady way, right? Jeff's phone got hacked, and the people that hacked his phone got his fucking naked pictures and fucking texts and all of that. Blah blah blah. Long ass story, right? We all know how that went. And now, um, the investigation of that particular hack is complete. The results are out. It turns out that the person who hacked Jeff Bezos' phone <laughs> is Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Fam, yo, this guy, Mohammed bin Salman, 
is the greatest lunatic of all time. All facts. He's just fucking wilding out. So yeah, him and his fucking goons hacked Jeff Bezos, who was the richest man in the world at the time, right? I don't know if he still is. I think Bill Gates is now back at number one, right? Because, you know, Jeff divorced and, you know, he had to part with a few billions. I mean, this is what it is, no? This is what it is. Now he's like the second or third richest person in the world. Hey, bro, that's how the fucking Amazon cookie crumbles, okay? It is what it is. So, bro, let me paint the picture. April 2018, the notorious MBS and Jeff Bezos are at a fucking dinner in LA, right? They were out there eating iguanas, fucking eating fucking tigers and polar bears, pandas, right? Exotic shit, right? Shit that's literally going extinct. They were out there having fucking rare snakes and shit. And while they were out there having rare snakes, you know, I'm pretty sure... The notorious MBS was like, hey, Jeff, hey, how about you bring uh, uh, your Amazon empire to, to the, Saudi, the Saudi soil and you can, uh, you can sell your goods there and we make money, bada bing, bada boom, right? And Jeff, because he's fucking greedy, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'd like that very much. And then they exchanged numbers, right? And then they started communicating on WhatsApp, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, how's your morning? How are the kids? LOL, oh my God. WID, you know? They started texting back and forth. And then a few months later, uh, the notorious MBS sent Jeff Bezos a weird video. Right? And uh, the video had an image of Saudi and Swedish flags overlaid with Arabic text, right? And then immediately after Jeff received that particular video, fact, word is the amount of data exiting his phone increased almost 300 fold. Okay? Immediately after receiving the video, his shit. Was already transmitting data to fucking Saudi Arabia to a fucking camel, right? That's armed with a fucking antenna in the middle of the desert. Legit, bruv. It was transmitting shit to the fucking camel in Saudi Arabia. Shit was crazy. Shit went wild. Right? Data was being fucking transmitted at a thousand miles per hour. It's crazy. So, the moment the video landed in Jeff's phone, the MBS was already receiving, you know, secret texts and shit, right? Naked pics and shit. He was already in there. He was, alre- he was already living inside of Jeff Bezos' phone. Life is crazy. Life is fucking crazy. And then, in November... 2018, Jeff Bezos received a message from the notorious MBS yet again. And this time, it was a single photo of a woman who strongly resembled Lauren Sanchez, Jeff Bezos' girlfriend, right? And mistress. 
with whom Mr. Bezos was having an affair at the time, right? The photo was captioned, arguing with a woman is like reading the software license agreement. In the end, you have to ignore everything and click agree. That's the fucking caption on the photo. Fam, yo, imagine talking about girls with the notorious MBS. Imagine having locker room talk <laughs> with one of the deadliest men on the planet. That's insane. That's fucking crazy, bruv. So evidently, that picture, right, that had a woman resembling Lauren Sanchez was in fact Lauren Sanchez. Because the MBS had Lauren Sanchez's picture because he was living in Jeff Bezos' phone. Life is fucking crazy, bruv. All facts. Now, fam, you may be out there chilling. And asking, hey, yo, Maui, um, why would the notorious MBS hack Jeff Bezos' phone? Well, it's simple. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. And Jamal Khashoggi was a writer for the Washington Post. He used to write columns there all the time. And he used to attack the Saudi regime on the Washington Post all the fucking time. Legit, that was his platform, right? That's where he went in on the fucking MBS and everybody else in Saudi Arabia who fucks with him, right? So, evidently, the notorious MBS saw the whole operation as a fucking threat to him, right? Including Jeff Bezos because he owns the whole thing. He owns the platform. So he was like, you know what? I'm attacking them all. Hey, I don't give up. Fuck, hey Abdul, hey Abdul, Abdul, come here, come here. We are killing them all. We are killing them all. Eliminate, eliminate. Boom, boom, boom. I see fire. I see fire. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> all facts. So he went after the whole operation, right? He hacked Jeff Bezos and then he killed. Jamal Khashoggi. That's how it goes. That's how this fucking Saudi cookie crumbles. That is what it is. You know? That is what it is. Life is insane, bruv. Bruv, yo, this Jeff Bezos cheating scandal is just wild, huh? Like, fam, once upon a time, Jeff Bezos was the most respected person in technology. Right? Everybody hailed him as a fucking genius. Right? Everybody fucking saluted him. Praised him. He was the fucking king. And he ran an airtight operation. Legit. He was hot to get. Hot to crack. But now, you know, it's fucking open season. Right? He went from being regarded as a fucking genius... To be on TMZ every day. Alongside Ray J. And fucking Safari. And you know. And Kim Kardashian. And the fucking West family. Like it's, it's fucking wild. Wow. This is what happens. When you fuck the wrong woman. This is what happens.
You know what? This is what happens when you fuck the wrong person, period. Male or female. If you are a woman and you fuck the wrong dude, this is what happens. And if you're a guy and you fuck the wrong woman, this is what happens. You know? This is what happens, bruv. You know, you lose that thing, bruv. You lose that fucking thing. Right? That thing that makes you respectable. You lose that. You lose your fucking dignity. Right? You lose all those things, bruv. Your X Factor, gone. Gone. You lose all that shit. Bruv, yo. Because this fucking story is a shit show. Honestly. It's a fucking shit show. Jeff Bezos' girlfriend slash mistress slash future wife, I guess. Yo. She is surrounded by lunatics. Her ex-husband is out there running around with 20-year-old girls. Like, what? This fucking guy is going through a midlife crisis. Right? She left one dude who's going through a midlife crisis. And she's now with another dude who's going through a midlife crisis. Life is fucking insane. And her brother is a fucking lunatic. That dude is just running around Hollywood wilding out. This is madness. Bruv, the only person who has remained sane throughout this whole thing is Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Fam, life is fucking crazy, bruv. Jeff Bezos went to Hollywood and lost his fucking mind. Legit. He lost his fucking mind. Jeff Bezos went insane. This is what happens. When you get your fucking insanity delivered in a day. Okay? This is what happens. This is what happens, bruv. <laughs> okay? He got same day delivery. His insanity got delivered on the same day that he ordered it. This is it, bruv. It's called innovation. <laughs> When I was a, a kid, when I was in high school, um, I was growing up through the ranks when Kobe came into the league. He was, um, you know, it wasn't a dream of mine to come straight, you know, from high school at that point in time to the NBA. But I was like, wow, a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid being able to, to make that leap, that's, that's pretty damn cool. Um, and, and as I started playing more ball and I went into high school, the things that he was doing on the floor, I, you know, admired and wanted to be a part of. Um, I went to ABCD camp. And he came and talked to all the all the all the kids that was there, and I happened to be one of the one of the kids that was there, and I was just I was just listening. I was just trying to soak everything up I could, you know. And I remember one thing that he said. He was like, "If you want to try to be, you know, great at it, or want to be one of the greats, you got to put the work in. You know, there's no substitution to work." And I, and I was a 15 year old kid at that camp. You can actually find the footage of him uh, him at that camp. Um, and in 2001, I believe um, I was playing in, in New Jersey, and the All-Star game, if I'm not mistaken, and y'all can correct me, was in Philly, right? Yeah, that Saturday, uh, me and Maverick drove to the Intercontinental downtown Philadelphia, um, and he gave me a pair of his shoes, which I ended up wearing um, that following night. It was the red, white, and blue Kobe's. I was a 15, and he was a 14, and I wore them anyways. Um, 
and I sat and just talked to him for a little bit. He gave me the shoes, I rocked them in the game. Um, and it was the same night that we played uh, Oak Hill against Mello. And then I saw what he was able to do the very next night winning MVP here um, in Philly. That, 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 that same, uh, that following night. Um, as I got drafted, I still just admired him, you know, seeing what he was able to accomplish winning championships, having, you know, being early in his career where, you know, he, he learned from the misses that he had against the series against Utah, and he just used that as motivation and got better and better and better to him winning multiple championships and uh, continued to admire him throughout my high school rank. And, um, and then as competitors, um, just seeing the work ethic, work ethic that he put into the game. He had zero flaws offensively, zero. Uh, you backed off of him, he could shoot the three. You pick, you know, you body him up a little bit, he can go around you. He can shoot the mid range, he can post, he can make free throws. He has zero flaws offensively. And, um, you know, that's something that I admired as well, just being a, at a point where the defense will always be at bay, where they couldn't guard you at all offensively, where you just felt like you was just immortal offensively because of your skill set and your work ethic. Uh, we take it down to 2008 where we become the redeem, the redeem team. And it was a dream come true for me to be able to line up with, alongside of him. Um, just admiring him for so many years and him seeing him from afar and then being able to be in practices with him and, and you know, me watching and learning. Um, so, on. I mean, it's just, it's just too much. It's just too much. The story is just too much. It doesn't make sense. Um, and just to make a long story short, now I'm here in the Lakers uniform in Philadelphia, where he's from, where I wanted the first, first time I ever met him, gave me his shoes, he won All-Star Week. It's just, it's surreal. It doesn't make no sense, but the, the universe uh, just puts things in, in your life. And, and, and when you, I guess when you live in the right way or you just giving everything to whatever you're doing, um, things happen organically and it's not supposed to make sense but it just happens and sorry and uh, I'm happy just to be in a, any conversation with Kobe Bean Bryant one of the all-time greatest basketball players to ever play one of the all-time greatest Lakers the man got two jerseys hanging up in Staples Center it's just, it's just crazy Did y'all see that scientists have recreated the voice of a 3,000-year-old Egyptian mummy? Bruh, what a time to be alive. This shit is both wild and amazing as fuck. This is fucking awesome. Wow. Wow. Bruv, yo, 
Word is, this mummy was an ancient Egyptian priest who sang chants as part of his ritual duties at the Temple of Kanak. Bruh! This is fucking amazing! And his name was Nesyaman. Oof. Oof. Nesyaman. Bruh! This fucking guy is out here fucking communicating with the world in his death, in the afterlife. This is crazy, bruv. 3,000 years later, this fucking guy is out here wilding. Bruh. Wow. 3,000 years after his death, bruv. Scientists have recreated the sound of his voice with the help of a 3D printed vocal tract. Hey, bruv, listen. Listen. I'm a podcaster. Okay? And, bruv, look, when it's all said and done, I'm gonna go down as one of the goats. Okay? Hey, bro! I'm gonna be in the podcasting hall of fame. I'm gonna be in the comedy hall of fame. Remember this fucking day. Mock my words. Okay? And now, bruv, since I'm gonna be in the fucking podcasting hall of fame, I want you motherfuckers to do me a favor. When I die, recreate my vocal tract. Okay? Hey, bro. Hey, hey. When I die, Recreate my vocal tract or just fucking preserve the one that I got right now. Okay? Hey, bro. Just fucking preserve the one that I got right now. It's fucking perfect. You know why? You know why? Because I want to fucking podcast from the other side. Hello from the other side. Hello from the other side. Bruv, I want to be out there fucking podcasting in the afterlife. Legit, bruv. Hey, listen, fam. Listen. Listen. I got some fucking souls to address. Okay? Bruv, the rants have to go on. The rants have to fucking go on. Okay? I'm pretty sure there's some fucking assholes in the afterlife. I gotta address them motherfuckers. And I need a platform. Right? And once I get a platform, I'm gonna need my voice. Recreate my vocal track. Hey, you motherfuckers. You motherfuckers better recreate my vocal track, okay? Okay? The rants have to go on. Legit, bruv. I wanna be like fucking Nesyaman. If Nesiyaman can do it, I can fucking do it. Okay? Okay? If Nesiyaman can do it 3,000 years later, God damn it, I can do it. Black child, your dreams are valid. <laughs> okay? Recreate. My fucking vocal tract. Use a fucking 3D printer. A Canon printer. Hey, bro. I don't care. Okay? Print my fucking vocal tract on a piece of paper. I don't give a fuck. Just recreate my vocal tract, bro. Recreate my shit. 
legit recreate my vocal tract. All facts. All fucking facts. And bruv, as if this Nesyaman story cannot get any wilder. Right? Word is, Nesyaman's coffin had inscriptions that showed his dying Fucking wish And his dying wish Was to be able to speak After his death Bruv Nesyaman was a fucking visionary Okay Bruv Yo 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 Listen There's a lot of fucking false prophets out there Okay There's a lot of fucking fake ass priests Out there Right Motherfuckers be out there robbing people Buying jets and shit Fam Nesyaman was a real priest. This fucking guy was touched by God. Okay? Bruv, hey, Nesyaman was touched by fucking God. Legit, bruv. Legit. Nesyaman was touched by God and in the words of Kanye Jesus West, Jesus is kid. Okay? Jesus is king! Bruv! Nesyaman saw the future. He was a fucking futurist. This fucking guy was a futurist. He saw the future. Legit! He fucking foresaw today. Legit, bruv! He saw the rise of AI, the rise of the fucking robots. Right? The rise of Amazon. The rise of Tesla. The rise of Apple. He saw it all. And he was like, you know what? You know what? You know what? My dying wish is simple. I want to be able to speak. Right? Once I'm gone. That's my fucking dying wish. I want to be able to speak after my death. And listen, it's not going to happen today. Or 10 years from now. Or fucking 100 years from now. But it's going to happen one day. It's going to happen one day. And now, 3,000 years later, it happened. It fucking happened. Listen, hey, black child, your dreams are valid. (laughs) Okay? Your dreams are fucking valid. Legit, bruv. Nesyaman had a dream. He had a fucking dream that one day, once he has perished, he will still be able to fucking communicate. Nesyaman had a fucking dream. Okay? He had a dream. He dreamed the dream. And his dream was the biggest dream of them all. To be able to communicate with the living. With the fucking living. Bruh, this is incredible shit. This is incredible shit, bruv. What a time to be alive. Wow. Bruv, listen to this shit. According to the study, the exact dimensions of an individual's vocal tract produce a sound unique to them. Bro, bro, bro. My fucking vocal tract is fucking creating this sound right now. And this sound is unique to me. Me. Okay? Only I sound.
sound like this. Only I sound like this. Fam, I'm out here doing vocal gymnastics. Can you hear that shit, bro? I can go high. I can go low. Hey, bro, I can do it all. I can do it all. Fam, I'm doing vocal gymnastics. Vocal gymnastics. Wow. Bruv, Nesyaman's voice could be synthesized using non-destructive CT scans, 3D printing, and an electronic larynx. Whatever the fuck a larynx is. Okay? Whatever the fuck a larynx is, bruv, an accurate replica can only be created if the soft tissues are well preserved, which scientists found was the case with fucking Nesyaman. However... Only a single vowel sound could be recreated through this technique. Not running speech. But one day. One day. One day, Nesyaman will speak again. Okay? One day, Nesyaman will speak again. One day he'll speak, bruv. One day he'll speak. But for now, all we got is this single audio clip. Of the single vowel sound that his vocal tract can make. Without any further delay. Ladies and gents, I present to you the great priest of Egypt, Nesiaman. Eh. Ah, man. Eh. Ah, man. Eh. Ah, man, sing to me, sing to me. Eh. Ah, man. What a beautiful voice! Eh. Oh, man! Eh. He's killing me softly eh. with his voice! Eh. Oh my god! Man! Eh. <laughs> eh. Wow! Eh. So, this is the greatness, Yama! Eh. Wow! Eh. This is wild. Ayo Nesyaman, I've got a few questions for you. Question number one. How do you feel about the current state of humanity? Eh. Yep, I agree. We are fucked. (laughs) Eh. Oh, oh, you think that Trump is going to win the 2020 elections? Listen, I agree with you. Why do you think he's going to win? Because the Democrats are fucked up. Yep, I agree. Eh. I agree. You know? Nah, 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 nah. Don't say MAGA. Eh. No, don't say MAGA. Eh. Oh, my God. Okay, Nesiaman is saying make America great again. Hey, bro, I don't agree with his views. Eh. And he said, fuck y'all if y'all don't think America should be great again. I, hey, bro, this is Nesiaman's views, not mine. Eh. Nesiaman just said he can speak for himself. Okay, cool. Speak then. Eh. Okay. Eh. Yo. Eh. Yo, you wallin. Eh. Nah, nah, you wallin. Eh. What? Eh. Nesyaman just said Tupac is eh. still alive. Relax, relax. Eh. Hey, relax, bro. Relax. I'm breaking it down to the people. I'm out here fucking translating. Eh. Oh my god. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Speak for yourself. Eh. Speak for yourself. Eh. Fucking asshole. Eh. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they can't understand you, bruv. They can't understand you. Oh, meow. 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 I'm the only person who understands you. Okay? Hey, relax. Relax. Hey, listen. Nesiaman said, Tupac is still alive. Tupac is in Cuba. Yeah, I know. I know. He's in Cuba. Okay? He's in fucking Cuba. Nesiaman, relax. Nesiaman is saying, you know, there's no heaven, no hell. Oh, yeah, there's no heaven, no hell. Earth is heaven and hell at the same damn time. As a matter of fact, heaven and hell, relax, bro. Heaven and hell lives in all of us. That's what he just said. That's what he, uh, hey, and then he just said, peace to the Middle East. Ladies and gents, Nesiaman. You know? Five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gents, back by popular demand. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Let's do it, dude. <laughs> Susunod na palabas ay Rated PG. Welcome along my love, my life is unlucky. Welcome along my love, my life is unlucky. I try to compare you when girl of China And that time I went Indian No one I've been like you I see girl of London No one I've been like you And that time I went England No one I've been like you I come back from Ghana No one I've been like you I backward from here to Sudan And wipe when I won Baby girl, you come love me, my love I need you. I come back from Ghana, no one I've been like you. I backward from here Sudan, and wipe when I want. Baby girl, you come love me, my love I need you. And tell me you know my love, how long I can be moon. For the can you open love, my life is so poor. I try to leave you, baby. No way, now I come back. Baby girl, you come love me. My love, I need you.
Welcome along my love, my life is all okay. Welcome along my love, my life is all okay. I try to compare you when girl of China. At that time when Indian, no one be like you. I see girl of London, no one be like you. At that time when England, no one be like you. I come back from Ghana, no one be like you. I backward from here to Sudan, that wife when I want. Baby girl, come love me, my love I need you. I come back from Ghana, no one be like you. I backward from here to Sudan, that wife when I want. Baby girl, come love me, my love I need you. Tell me, you know, my love, how long I can be moon? For the kind of love, my life is so poor. I try to leave you, baby. No way, now I come back. Late last week, the South African arm of black Twitter was up in arms. Motherfuckers were pissed. Motherfuckers were fuming. All because of a fucking clip that came out, right? This clip rolled out on all social medias. And this clip was of Patrice Motsepe and Donald Trump, right? We all know what's happening in the world right now, right? The fucking World Economic Forum is popping in Davos and every world leader is there. Rubbing shoulders, right? Selling their fucking countries. Selling their fucking nations. Oh, we believe you need to invest in our country because our economy is popping. Even if it's not, motherfuckers still say that. That's what they're doing. Motherfuckers out there selling dreams, pandering. Oh my God. Oh my God. How about we build a business relationship? We fuck with you. Please fuck with us. Right? That's basically what the World Economic Forum is. Right? It's a bunch of motherfuckers kissing each other's asses. That's how it works. That's how it goes, bro. That's how business works. Right? And bruv, this Mutipe video is no different. Motsipe is just playing the game. Motsipe is just doing what all the other leaders do with devils. Right? Motherfuckers are like, Ayo, Motsipe is kissing Donald Trump's ass. No. Motsipe is just playing the fucking game. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we do business in 50 countries. I had the honor of being uh, one of the 100 greatest business minds. Forbes. That's right. And uh, it was a great honor to be with you. And all we wanted to say is that uh, Africa loves America. Africa loves you. Thank you very much. And, uh, Thank it's you. very, very important. We want America to do well. We want you to do well. And uh, the success of America is the success of the rest of the world. Thank you. We are in mining, financial services, right. property, real estate, technology, very diversified. It's a great honor to be here. Thank a great you. job. Thank you very much. Thanks, Please. Fam. Yo, look. Yo, look. 
Mutsipe is just practicing something called sycophancy. Okay? He's using syncophatic fucking words and terms. Legit, bro. If you don't know what sycophancy is, it's basically saying things that the person that you want something from wants to hear. Okay? Mutsipe is just playing the game. He's saying all the things that Donald Trump wants to hear, bruv. Because he knows that if he says those things, right? He's gonna get all the fucking deals that he wants from the states. It's a game. It's all business. It's not personal, bro. Right? Now look, fam. Look. When Mozipa said, yo... Africa loves you. That you is fucking confusing. Right? And I think that Africa loves you. Right? That part. Is the reason why people were pissed. Because it's a confusing part of his little soliloquy. Right? His little fucking monologue. That part was confusing. Like, yo, um, are you saying Africa loves them as in Americans? Or are you saying Africa loves Trump? Like, it was confusing. That part was fucking confusing. I give you all that. But fam, overall, Mutsipe said nothing wrong. Bruv. Patrice Mutsipe said nothing wrong. Bruv, and I quote, right? This is what Mutsipe said. And I quote, Africa loves America. Bro, say it ain't so. Hey, 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 Africans, say it ain't so. You motherfuckers love America. You motherfuckers love America, bro. It's the fucking truth. Africa does love America. It's a fucking fact. Legit. Most Africans look to America, right? For fucking validation. We all know what's up. Motherfuckers believe that if you ain't popping in America, you ain't popping at all. It don't matter how big you are here at home. It don't matter how dope you are in Africa. Motherfuckers here, they believe that if you are not popping in America, you are not popping at all. Africa, say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Mutsipe is right. Africa loves America. It's a fact. Right? He goes on to say, Africa loves you. That part, yeah, that part is weird. That part is confusing. Are you saying Africa loves Trump or fucking America? Like, which one is it? Which one is it? And bruv, bruv, listen, yo, let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a fucking buck. Bruv, there are Africans that fuck with Donald Trump. Okay? So, bruv, whether Mutsipe is saying Africa loves you, as in Africa loves Trump, or Africa loves America, that shit doesn't matter. Legit, bruv. Because some people fuck with Trump in Africa, and some people don't. 
For example, I don't fuck with Donald Trump. Is he funny? Yeah. Do I sometimes agree with some of his fucking points? Yeah. Yeah. Because, bro, yo, yo, listen. I don't move like all the other motherfuckers out there, right? These motherfuckers who are one-trick-minded. No, bruv. No. If somebody is saying something right, I roll with that. It don't matter if I like that person or not. Okay? If he or she is right, hey, bro, I salute them for being right. It don't matter if I fuck with them or not. Legit, bruv. So black Twitter was up in arms. Oh, Africa doesn't love Donald Trump. That's a lie. That's a fucking lie. Okay? There are Africans that love Donald Trump. And I've seen it on social media, bruv. Yo, fam, even during this fucking uproar, right? Even during this fucking outrage, there were motherfuckers in there who are out there saying, hey, yo, look, fam, I fuck with Trump. I fuck with Donald Trump. I don't give a fuck what you motherfuckers say. I fuck with Donald Trump. Some people were saying that. Some people were saying that. In the midst of all the fucking outrage, some motherfuckers were out there going, hey, yo, look, I fuck with Trump. And I'm glad that Mozipa fucks with him too. That's what people were saying. That's what people were saying. Legit, bruv. Mutsepe went on to say, and I quote, it's very, very important. I'm pretty sure he's talking about America. We want America to do well, which is true, because America runs the fucking world. Legit, bruv. America pretty much keeps the whole world safe. Right? America is our daddy, bro. Legit, let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. These motherfuckers have an army base in every fucking continent. Let's keep it 100. America is the world's daddy. Facts. America is our father. Canada, I am your father. Legit. America is our father, bro. Who art in heaven? Hello be thy name. <laughs> All facts. So yeah, Mutsipe is right when he says, we want America to do well. Right? And then when he says, we want you to do well, I'm pretty sure he's now talking to Trump, right? He's now saying he wants Donald Trump to do well. Right? Of course, that part, you know, is going to divide people yet again. It's fucking divisive. Right? Motherfuckers are like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want Trump to do well. And some motherfuckers will say, hey, I'm African. I'm from fucking Angola and I want Trump to do well. So this what it is. You know? Mutsipe continues. And I quote. The success of America is the success of the rest of the world. Say it ain't so. I'll wait. I'll fucking wait. Say it ain't so. 
Is Mutipe wrong for saying that? Fuck no! Because he's keeping it a buck. That's the fucking truth, bruv. That's the fucking truth. America's success is our success. Because America runs the fucking world. I once told you, motherfuckers. America is our father. And China is our mother. China is our mommy. Right? China is our fucking mommy. Legit. Motherfuckers be out there. Up in arms. Oh my God. I can't believe he said that. Oh, I can't believe he's out there kissing ass. Hey, bruv. That's what business people do. And Donald Trump gets that. It's all a fucking game. It's all a fucking game. It's all sick offensy, bruv. Legit. Donald Trump has been doing that. Ever since he started in this shit. He's been doing that. It's the art of sycophancy, bruv. A Jedi mind trick. That's all it is. And now motherfuckers who have never started anything in their fucking lives. Motherfuckers who have never run a business. Motherfuckers who have never dealt with fucking crazy finances on social media. Talking about, oh, Mutsipe is a sellout. What? Hey, bro, how is Mutsipe a sellout? He's just doing what every businessman does to get what he wants. It's all a game. It's all a fucking game. Like, bruv, does the whole of Africa love Trump? No. No. Does the whole of Africa want Trump to fucking do well? No. No. But there are Africans that fuck with Trump. That want Trump to do well. That legitimately love Trump. Right? Two things can be true. Two things can be true. So, bruv, Motsepe is not a sellout. No. No. He's a businessman. He's a businessman. And he knows how to get what he wants. That's why he's a fucking billionaire. Legit, bruv. You don't become a billionaire by having fucking morals. No. No, billionaires don't have morals. You hear me, bro? In order to be a billionaire, bruv, yo, you gotta fucking sacrifice a bit of your soul. You gotta sell a bit of your soul to the fucking devil. Bruv, in order to be a billionaire, you gotta sign a few deals that are gonna get a few people killed. That's just how it goes. Bruv, in order to be a billionaire and stay a billionaire, bruv, you have to sacrifice bits of your soul. Your morals, your fucking beliefs, your whole swag compromised if you want to be a billionaire. It don't matter which God you believe in. It don't matter which fucking God you believe in. It don't matter how many times you pray a day. It don't fucking matter, bruv. Okay? Because when you are a billionaire... 
There's only one God that rules over them all. And that God is the almighty dollar. In order to be a fucking billionaire. Legit, I don't give a fuck who says what. All facts. I see a lot of motherfuckers on social media calling Mutsepe a sellout. And bruv, those same motherfuckers who are calling Mutsepe a sellout, they call themselves entrepreneurs. <laughs> they call themselves business people. Hey, bruv, if you think Mutsepe sold out, right? If you think Mutsepe sold out in Davos, Listen to me, bruv. Listen to me. You are not about this business life. Okay? If you think Mozipe sold out and you call yourself a fucking entrepreneur and you call yourself a fucking business person, listen, bruv. You are not about this business life. You ain't ready, bro. You are not ready. Because business is fucking ruthless. Cutthroat. Buckle the fuck up. Buckle the fuck up because you are gonna have a long ass business life. <laughs> it don't matter whether you fucking succeed or fail, bruv. You are gonna have a tough time. If you call yourself an entrepreneur and you think Mozepe sold out in Davos, bro, you are fucked because you don't understand the game. It's all a game, bro. It's all a fucking game. Legit. Do you think Mozepe gives a fuck about what you think? Fuck no. Legit, Mutsipa doesn't give a flying fuck about what none of y'all think. All facts. Mutsipa is out there striking deals. Did you hear what this man said, bro? Did you hear what this man said, bro? Huh? We'll start with you. Thank you, Shalom. Uh, we do business in 50 countries. I had the honor of being uh, one of the 100 greatest business minds. Forbes. That's right. And uh, it was a great honor to be with you. And all we wanted to say is that uh, Africa loves America. Africa loves you. Thank you very much. And, uh, Thank it's you. very, very important. We want America to do well. We want you to do well. And uh, the success of America is the success of the rest of the world. Thank you. We are in mining, financial services, right. property, real estate, technology, very diversified. It's a great honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Please. Bruv, Mozepe is out there breaking down all of the fucking industries he's in. Do you think Mozepe gives a fuck about what you have to say about him on Twitter? Bro, Mozepe is out there selling his entire fucking conglomerate to the USA. He's like, hey, bruv, we are in mining, we are in technology. We do it all. Choose my kettle, Baba. Choose my kettle. Hey, Baba. Choose my kettle, Baba. Picky, picky, Mabelan. We are in every fucking business under the sun. Choose one. And we will fucking work with you. Choose one. What do you want? Do you want gold? Diamonds? What the fuck do you want? 
We have it. We have it. Mutsipe doesn't give a fuck about what none of y'all have to say. He doesn't give a flying fuck. He's a businessman. Oh, no. He's a business. Man. Okay. He's everywhere and you ain't never there. All facts. You motherfuckers are out there calling Mutsipe a sellout. Meanwhile, you fucktwats are out there tweeting. From a fucking basement. In the middle of fucking nowhere Africa. Come on, bruv. Do better. Do better. Business people don't give a flying fuck. I keep on saying this shit. Business people don't give a fuck. Okay? Presidents don't give a fuck. Governments don't give a flying fuck. Your local councillor, he doesn't give a flying fuck. Your city's mayor, he doesn't give a fuck. These niggas only give a fuck about one thing and one thing only, money. You motherfuckers are talking about morals and values and belief systems. Hey, bruv, listen to me. Patrice Motepe doesn't give a fuck about you and your fucking thoughts. Okay? You are tweeting about him in Soweto. This fucking guy is in Davos. Talking to fucking presidents. You hear me, bro? He doesn't give a fuck about what you have to say. You are tweeting about him in the middle of fucking Kailicha. Guguletu. Tembisa. Mami Lordi, listen to me, bruv. You are tweeting about Mutsipe in the middle of fucking Katlehong, Pake section, Poko section. Mufuking. Hey, bruv, listen to me, bruv. Listen to me, bro. Listen to me. These people only worship one thing. Okay? They worship the almighty dollar. You ass diesels, the greenback, okay? Blue faces, dead presidents. They want dead presidents to represent them. Okay, bruv? Who makes the fucking dead presidents? Huh? Hmm? Who makes... These fucking blue faces that the world is chasing after. America. The United States of America. Who's the president of America? Donald J. Trump. Right? Right? Motherfuckers want what Donald Trump has. Right? How are they going to get it? Bruv. They're going to have to fucking. Butter Donald Trump up. In order for them to get what Donald Trump has. Okay? Bruv. Mutsipe. And any other fucking business person for that matter. Doesn't give a fuck about your thoughts. Your feelings. Your beliefs. No. They don't give a fuck about, you know, if you are dead or alive, bruv. They don't give a fuck about you.
They care about money, bruv. They live by one fucking motto. If he dies, he dies. Legit, bruv. Legit. Okay? If he dies, he dies. And he, right? He can be anybody. He can be you. He can be me. He can be your mom. He can be your father. He can be your dog. He can be your cat. Bro, for the fucking money, these motherfuckers don't care. You hear me, bro? If he dies, he dies. As long as they have the fucking bags. If he dies, he dies. They don't give a fuck. Motherfuckers are out there bombing cities for money. They don't care. If he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. That's what Mutsipe lives by. That's what Donald Trump lives by. Hell, that's what President Obama lives by. Okay? If he dies, he dies, bruv. Only one thing matters to these niggas in fucking suits and ties. The almighty dollar. Right? And if there's something stopping them from getting it, guess what? If he dies, he dies. I'm in a cooking in the kitchen. I'm in a cooking in the kitchen. Oh, la- oh, oh, fucking, uh, fucking oil, fucking shit, making my friend Maui foodie. He ordered a take it away. Fucking Uber Eats wants to take my money. Fucking restaurant and a business is a fucking bullshit. Fucking hell. Maui told me to tell you to visit the xoroyalty.net. That's where everything XO is at. Oh, the fucking hell. Oh, there comes Maui. There comes Maui. Hey, yo, papi. What's up, papi? What's good? Hey, the Maui here. Yeah, the Maui. What's good? I'm good, man. I'm good. Is my food ready? Almost. Almost. The fucking oil is just a fucking bouncing and jumping out to the, out to the fucking pot. Welcome to Papi's restaurant. Bruv, I'm out here making myself a cheese sandwich. You know? I've got soccer in the background. Life is pretty good, man. Honestly. Life is pretty swell. You know, coronavirus and all, life is fucking dope. Think about it, bruv. Life is but a dream. Legit, fam. Right? This whole thing could just be a fucking simulation. Who knows? Right? So just fucking love life. Right? You woke up. I woke up. Right? We are alive. We need to celebrate that shit. Right? Because some people didn't see today. You know? But it is what it is, man. You know? It is what it is. I digress. Bruv, before I started making this cheese sandwich, I was online just reading a bunch of random things, you know? 
because I got to stay informed. I love information, right? While I was reading these random things, I bumped into this very interesting article about the SAA, the South African Airways. Word is, the South African Airways is selling a fleet of Airbus A340 aircraft for 33 billion rands. Fam, these motherfuckers are in so much debt that they gotta move their fucking planes. This is crazy, bruv. Fam, everything in South Africa is mismanaged. Everything. If the fucking government is involved, guess what? They're gonna fuck it up. Legit. Legit, every single thing that has to do with our government is a disaster. Legit, these are all facts. Like, every fucking thing that the government does just doesn't work. Like, it just doesn't fucking work. It never works. It's crazy, bruv. So, these fucking planes are being moved for 33 billion rands, right? And word is, these planes are still in active service around the world. So these motherfuckers are moving these planes like they are some fucking Honda Civics in the neighborhood. Right? They're selling these planes like they're some fucking random VWs. (laughs) They're treating these planes like fucking VW Golf 3s and 4s. Legit. Because these planes are still flying around the world. But they are for sale. Right? You know how it goes in the hood, right? If you are selling your car, right? You still drive it around the fucking neighborhood. But it has a fucking for sale sign, right? With your phone numbers on it. Right? I bet you right now, bruv. I bet you right now. The SAA is going to do exactly that. Because those motherfuckers are lunatics. Legit. These motherfuckers are going to fucking smack a for sale sign. On the windows of these planes. With their phone numbers on it. I swear to God. Because these motherfuckers are lunatics. The SAA is being ran by fucking lunatics. Crazy people. Motherfuckers who are not qualified. To run a fucking. You know. Airline. Legit bruv. Life is insane over here man. You know. Life is insane. Like, fam, how bad is it that you got to sell the fucking planes? Like, fam, yo, how are you an airline that doesn't have planes? Are you trying to be the fucking Uber of airlines? I mean, bruv, Uber is trying to be the Uber of airlines. Like, you know, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? Yo, bruv, listen to this shit. The struggling airline has listed a tender proposal requesting a bid for nine A340 aircraft, four A340 600s, and five A340 300s, as well as 15 spare engines and four auxiliary power units. Fam, they are selling everything. These motherfuckers are selling the crib and the family, the church and the state. That's fucking insane, bro. Like, bro, just how bad is it? That the SAA has to fucking sell its assets. Who do they owe? On the rail. Who the fuck do they owe? It's probably China. Hey man, I'm out here killing Quidos, you know? 
Quidos, a.k.a. Mosquitoes, right? Mosquitoes, a.k.a. Quidos. Legit rough. I call mosquitoes Quidos. That's just how it goes. But I digress. Bruv, who the fuck does the SAAO? Hmm? That's crazy, bruv. And of course, they listed a fucking tender proposal. Because that's how Africa works. Okay? If you want to be successful in Africa, you got to become a tenderpreneur. That's how it works. Right? That's how it fucking works. You have to align yourself with a government institution and then milk that fucking institution for all it's got. That's how it works. It's Africa, baby. It's Africa. Right? TIA. This is Africa. TIA. This is Africa. Legit. Bamshaya Zafe. Hukumuntuyas. Nabilungu Batipidim to death. And if he dies, he dies. That's Africa, bro. That's fucking Africa. Like, who the fuck does the SAAO? You know? Legit. The, the SAA is about to become the fucking Uber of airlines. And they are a state-owned company. That shit is insane to me. Right? These motherfuckers are going to be an airline that doesn't own any fucking planes. You know? Who the fuck is going to own the planes? Probably China or Russia. You know? Or even the U.S. Who knows? Right? Who knows? It's anybody's game at this point, bruv. You know? It's anybody's game. Fam, imagine how crazy it would be, right? If a fucking dude from the block copped one of these planes, that shit would be wild. If a fucking hood nigga copped one of these planes, bruv, so plain fucking level wildness. Legit, it would be insane. Right? Legit, bruv. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. What I just said right now is not far-fetched. In South Africa. That could happen. I swear to God. That could happen. Fam. I've seen wilder things. In South Africa. That could happen. A random fucking dude. Who owns a little store. In the middle of fucking. Meadowlands. In, in, in Soweto. Right. Could end up owning one of these fucking A340s. Because that's just how it goes. In South Africa bro. That's just how it goes. You know, I've seen wilder things over here, man. Wilder things. Right? So it is what it is, man. I just wonder who they owe. You know? I just wonder who they owe. It's probably China. Yeah. It's probably fucking China. You know? But it is what it is, man. Hey. Inshallah. Mashallah Ali. You know? Fam. Yo. It's time for me to eat. You know, my sandwich is looking super good, earthing blue. I just killed the Quidos. You know, it's life, bruv. Life is good. Life is fucking good. You know, life is fucking good.
other forward for the final time, number 24 on the floor, 6 By virtue of the Houston win over Sacramento, he'll be off on that. He's 0-4-5. Very good look. He, that's his look, and that's where he's been scoring this year. Oh, turn back the clock there to block Trevor Booker, and desperate to get to the basket and score, and he does. There you go. Well, I like the fact that he's broken down the defense to get to the rim. Kobe. Nice. Number two. Middle of the floor to run that pick and roll. Kobe to the basket. Oh, pretty. And one. Kobe. Oh, boy. Gets a two. Oh, boy. Four. Give me the ball. Feeling it. Firing. Oh, boy. Got him all. This is a... Hayward staying right with him. Bryant scores anyway. One of the top officials. Kobe baseline over Neto under a third. Hits the three. 35. Come on now, you gotta get a score here. Huertas is seeking Kobe for three. Yes. Just gonna keep you quiet over there. Bryant here. Hits another three. Oh. 43. 45. See if he gets 50 here. Bryant going to the basket. Kobe yes. Bryant. There it is. A 50-point game in his farewell. Final minute 30. Bryant from 14. Has 53. It's 50 business, all right? Bryant for three. Got oh. him all. Oh. Oh. Bryant on the move with the jumper. He oh my! 58 points! And the Lakers lead! With half a minute to play, Bryant for the lead! Yes! Kobe Bryant gives the Lakers the lead! <laughs> oh, I tell you something. This is. This game. This is this takes it to an absolute another level. An absolute another level. Amazing. Fifty-six points. Are you kidding me? The amazing Kobe Bryant. Just under a minute to play, and it's a one point. One to go, timeout Utah. Time. Authored by one of the NBA's all-time greats, Kobe Bryant, 60 points, 23 in the fourth quarter, 
of his farewell game. All I wanna know, fool, is what the fuck cool is. Never been on a cool list, but still I'm the coolest. Carrying people's hearts and coolers. All I wanna know, fool, is what the fuck cool is. Never been on a cool list, but still I'm the coolest. Carrying people's hearts and coolers. All I wanna know, all I wanna know, all I wanna know, fool, is what the fuck cool is. Never been on a cool list, but still I'm the coolest. Carrying people's hearts and coolers. All I wanna know, all I wanna know. All I wanna know, all I wanna know No, I have decided to skip college and take my talent to the NBA I know what it means as a team, but what about individuals? Just got one more to chat <laughs> So you can take that to the bank Anybody who asks, or is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> you want some? <laughs> <laughs> Almost every year. I'm still an asshole. It doesn't change. It just kind of evolves. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter who I'm playing. You push your ass. It doesn't matter. You know how I am. You guys know how I am. Can you promise me one thing? What's up? I need 50 that night. Can you do it? The last game, the last home game at the Staples. Can you give us 50? 42. Uh, no. <laughs> so, uh, what did you guys learn from about your team from this series, and how's it going to help you improve moving on in these playoffs? That we're bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> in a part-time job, you guys were awful. You suck. Whatever. Do you think you think you guys deserve all the uh, you know the beating that you took in the media? A lot of times, writers when they write stuff like that, it means they care. They're Laker fans anyway. We have to get better. We have to get better at playing together. We have to get better at spacing. We have to get better at balling. Jesus Christ, can you believe I'm saying this? Was <laughs> <laughs> it motivating to you at all that ESPN ranked you the 40th best player in the league? <laughs> nah, not really. Uh, nah, I've known for a long time. They're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> who, who beat you in one-on-one -on -one if that ever happened in practice? <laughs> no one. <laughs> so you said he's a nice guy. Does that mean you're saying that you're conversely not a nice guy? Man, some people think I'm a dick. Some people think I'm a nice guy. I'm cool. I'm cool either way. Being around young players energized you. That's not a statement about maybe you'd like to see some young players on your team. Wow. That, <laughs> you know what? That's a Bikram yoga stretch. You stretched the hell out of it. Good job. Good job. But time out, I, you know, I told my teammates, I said, give me a good pick, and we're going home with a W. You really felt like you were going to win this game. I told him, give me a good pick, and we're going home with a W. Uh, <laughs> 
Do you play? Well, I, well, I should have. I mean, that way. Not you, like a supreme athlete that has. Natural instincts? No. I really see you wear your jersey in here. You'd want to take it off, do you? Um, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Mamba out.